It was way down here. I was like, that must be for Rick. <laughs> I'm actually not that much taller than him, so it's good to be here. It's been a while since I've been in this service, um, and so we need to continue to pray uh, for Rick. Uh, I got a, well, I, I was gone last weekend, and I found out that he had the shingles and some infection, and so I texted him Monday morning. I said, I heard you had some uh, illness, and so just praying for you, brother. And so he texted me back and said, yeah, you know, I got some things going on, and, um, and so he said, but I got some medicine, so I think I'm going to be better. But then I get an email from Miss Joanne, and uh, Thursday, late Thursday, and said, can you fill in for Rick? Said, he's not doing it, you know, he's still dealing with it. I said, absolutely, you know. So let's pray uh, right now uh, before we get started, just for him, uh, that God would lay his hands uh, on him uh, spiritually and physically, uh, that he wouldn't have any discouragement in this, and that his body would be touched, and that he would get better so he could be back with us next week. So would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we just come to you now. God, we ask uh, that you would touch Pastor Rick, Lord, that you would, um, God, that you would just uh, let him feel your presence, uh, Lord, that he would be well, uh, Lord, that he would be able to get over this, and uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would bind Satan uh, from any discouraging uh, factors that he would try to bring into this. Uh, Lord, we do know that you're the great physician, and we thank you for that, and again, we give you honor, we give you praise, we give you glory for uh, just uh, doing this in Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles uh, to Colossians 3. We're going to look at four verses. We're going to see what the Bible says about being raised with Christ. Uh, over in the other service this morning, we had six people baptized. And the, I love to watch folks walk in obedience to the Lord's command to be baptized after they come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And but there's a representation there that when you go under that water that you're dying to self. And when you come up out of that water, it is illustrating that you are raised to walk in newness of life. And with that, you are being raised with Christ. And we'll look at what the Bible says about that. You know, when I was growing up and acting a fool, and, and I did. I acted a fool sometimes. And I know some of you that know me like, he still acts a fool. Stop it. I don't. But um, easy. <laughs> Um, those if you know me well. Um, I used to act a fool. And my grandma, I can see her on that front porch. I can see my mom and daddy on that front porch saying, you were raised better than that. You know better than that. You were raised better than that. Can I just say, we as Christians have been raised with Christ. And we are raised better than what this world offers us to go after. And so when we look at this passage this morning, Colossians is a great book, and, but it's a short book. But it's rich in what it has in content and context. And Colossians 1 through 4 that we'll look at is really just a bridge that connects the doctrinal section of the, of the letter in chapters 1 through 2 sort of connects those two chapters with chapters 3 and 4, which is more the practical, the living out, the day-to-day the -day affairs that we have uh, in our living. The first half of the letter reveals sort of this cosmic Christ that has total supremacy over everything, including creation, the church. But chapters 3 through 4 really talk 
that about that personal relationship piece th- that he desires to be in those details of our lives. So when we look at this, and hopefully if you're in Colossians chapter 3, just say, uh-huh. Well, I'm going to ask you to physically stand, if you're able, as we honor the word, and then we're going to read it, and then I want to share with you the four things that the Bible has for us this morning. You know, the Bible's pretty heavy. It just keeps taking this thing down, just shows you just some weighting on that thing. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3 of Colossians. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above. Listen to that church. Since you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts. Set your minds. On the things above. That's what you were raised for. Then it says for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, speak to your people. Lord, that we would take what you have for us this morning in your word. God, we would Xerox it on our hearts, that we would be able to be a people distinguished by your presence. For we pray it in your son's most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to say this, before we can reach the world, we have to leave it. You say, Terry, what I mean? Before we can reach the world, you got to leave it in your heart and in your mind. Jesus says over in John chapter 8, he says, I am from above, but you are from beneath. We cannot stay of the world and reach it. Not with the true gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we got to be in it, but we've been raised for better things. We don't have to be of it. And so when we look at this, What Paul is wanting us to see is simply the world that we live in, the culture. Nothing's changed. I was talking to Jennifer Pratt just back there before the service. Nothing new is under the sun. Satan's using the same methodology that he used in the garden. The distortion of God's word. That's, That's all he used. Nothing new is under the sun. It just packaged different. How many of you in here like Coca-Cola? Back in the day... Some of you probably, man, this, this, uh, probably y'all don't remember this. I barely remember it because I'm not that old. Back in the day, Coca-Cola only come in glass bottles. But you can get it in plastic now and you can get it in so many different forms. It's unbelievable. Matter of fact, y'all know the little eight ounce glass bottles? Now you can get them in plastic. Did you know that? Saw them down at the beach last weekend. Amazing. They just won't leave well enough alone. But anyway, so this culture is moving away from Christ, moving away from God. If we're going to reach it, we're going to have to reach it, not being of it, but different. So when we look at this, the takeaway this morning is simply this, and we're going to dive into this. The followers of Jesus Christ have been raised to live with heavenly priorities. You've been raised with Christ. If you're a believer in in Jesus Christ and you've accepted his work on the cross, and you've been redeemed by the blood of the precious sacrificial lamb of God, you've been raised for better than what this world has for you. And we're going to look at that this morning. Because what Paul's wanting us to see is this. He's wanting us to see that our spiritual growth, our spiritual joy, the fruitfulness of our lives that he wants to see, it requires us to maintain a proper perspective of this world. And and you young guys, y'all are faced with so much out there. And I pray for you all the time because 
the world's throwing a lot at you. Until we realize the basic truth of that fact that we've been raised with Christ. Until we realize that basic truth and live in it, we will be ineffective in reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because consistency requires that believers live in conformity to God's will and to God's word. And what was happening here in the church of Colossae is it was in danger of relapsing, going back into a paganism state because everything that that has for them from a sinful, sensual sin. There's four things I want us to look at here, what the Bible says about being raised with Christ. And the first thing is this. You have been raised for above things. You have been raised for above things. When you look at this passage, the New Testament speaks of the believer's resurrection in two tenses normally. Normally, it's speaking of the future tense, of when we will be raised in glorification when Christ returns. But here it's speaking in a past tense. Saying you've been raised so that moment that you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. At that moment you were raised with him. Because you've been raised for above things now. You're no longer a part of what you were. We'll look at that in just a minute. The statement emphasizes this. The vital statement that Jesus Christ is who he says he was. He is who the Bible says he was. And that he did raise from the dead. Because at the end of the day, if he was never raised, then what would our faith be? Jesus says that he is the way, right? And so when you look at the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15, 4, it says that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. And even in the latter part of that chapter, in verse 14, he says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. I just want to stop right there and I want to pause. The world will tell you that you don't have to believe that. I'm going to go a step further. And I mentioned this over in the other, the other sermon. The other service. I'll go a step further. There are churches that would tell you you don't have to believe every piece of this book in order to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. One in particular is a huge church in Georgia. And this guy is on the scene and he is very relevant in today's Christian world. A lot of folks follow him. I believe he is approaching this by saying... The things that he's saying that the Bible, you don't have to believe everything that the Bible has in, in order to have a relationship with Christ. Do you understand, if you don't believe one sentence in here, it discredits the rest of it. You've got to make sure that you believe wholeheartedly that this is the word of God. This isn't penned by somebody and thought up by somebody. This is God's word. So I just want to preface that by saying you've been raised for above things and you'll be told differently by the world. So when you look at this, I hope in the Christian faith is founded in the truth of this book. This relationship implies that we live in a union with Christ when we've been raised with him. 
the apostle has spoken of the soul as dying with Christ. Because he said, did you know you can be dead and alive at the same time? You say, Terry, how? You can be dead to yourself and alive in Christ. You need to be dead and alive at the same time. Because if you don't ever die to yourself, you can never have room for Christ. So when we look at this raise with Christ, we're going to look at the position in a minute. If you've not repented of your sins, and I want you to listen to this. If you've never repented of your sins and you've never truly come to know Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, you've never been raised. And you'll go to eternity without him. That is the reason why I can live today. Live as in God's way of living. Y'all ever heard the hymn? And I, I saw it. I was like, hey, they're going to sing because he lives. I know you're going to sing it in a little different way. But it is true. I live because he lives. I can face tomorrow. I wholeheartedly believe that I've been raised with Christ when I come to know him as my Savior. The second thing I want us to see, and this is sort of where I want to camp out at, because I think this is where we're at as a world and as a church, both individually and corporately. Your heart and mind should seek the things above if you've been raised with Christ. Your heart and your mind ought to seek the things above if you've been raised with Christ. Look, set your hearts and things on above and where Christ is, seated at the right hand. That's important, by the way. I'll get to that. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. Verse 1 says, Christ is seated. And he's seated on the right side. You say, Terry, what's important about that? If you study Old Testament and the ritual of the sacrifice... The priest would have to offer sacrifices year after year after year after year. So they had to continue it on. But Jesus Christ came and once and for all sacrificed. One time. And he was able to sit down. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Where's the right hand of the Father? What, does that, what is that about? It's a position of authority. It's a position of sovereignty. When you look at us being raised with Christ, that tells us that we have the authority to live in this world, but not be of it. Set your hearts on things above. You know what that means? To diligently pursue, almost to hunt, the things that are above. I want to ask you this morning. Are you diligently pursuing the things above. Are you really pursuing? Is it the pattern of your life? If I was a fly on the wall at your school, what would I see? Would I see you living a life that's representative of how you were raised? Remember, if you know the Lord, you've been raised with Christ. Or would I see you representing a life that's contrary to being raised? If I visited your workplace, would I see someone that represents your raising, who you've been raised with, or would I see something that is contrary to that? That's what it means here when it says, set your hearts, your minds on the things above. C.S. Lewis says it this way, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in for free. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. Stephen Alford says it this way, the heart is the center of our thinking, our feelings, our acting, our, and so controls our life. Can I ask you, what's controlling your life? Health depends on the action of the heart, and so our spiritual health depends on where our spiritual heart is. 
Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. It's a military term. It means that your heart is a battle zone. I heard a preacher say one time, When you come to know Christ, the war for your heart's over, but the battle just begun. Can I just say that Satan's number one, his number one goal, listen, if he can't stop you from getting saved, I'll tell you what he can do. He can stop you from being influential on anybody else's life that they may be saved. They can mar- he can marginalize you as a Christian by getting your heart set on other things that aren't above, by getting your mind set on other things that aren't from above. I wrote this down this week. Preoccupation with earthly things robs you. It robs me of the life that God created for us. I'm going to give you in in the the simplest terms I know how. Because I'm a pretty simple person. Anybody here like good cooking? Amen. I was raised on good cooking. My mama and my grandma, they could cook. And Tammy's a pretty good cook too. When you're raised on pintos and cornbread, you don't want caviar. When you're raised on heavenly things, when you are raised with Christ and your heart and your mind is set on heavenly things, you won't have an appetite for worldly things. See, I believe that's the problem with the church as, as, as the body of Christ in large. They say they've been raised with Christ. We say we've been raised with Christ, yet we're preoccupied with worldly things. It says, set your hearts and minds on things above. This verse shows that the believer can, listen to me, the believer can control his mind. Don't let some psychologist or some teacher tell you, you can't control what you think. The Bible says you can. Because you've been raised for better. You've been raised with Christ. Harry Einstein says, as, as a watch is set to the sun in order to mark the time correctly, so let your mind be in Christ risen in order that his life may be seen in you. I'll give you an illustration. A little boy was in Sunday school. And a teacher says... Is telling him that when Christ comes into his heart and Christ is living inside of him. So he goes home to his mom and he's talking to her and he's like, you know, Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in me. And Jesus should be living in people, right? And his mom said, yeah. He said, well, if Jesus is living inside people, why don't I see him so much? Because he's seeing other people. Seeing other things. Seeing the world instead of Christ. You know, we got a lot of things that take up our mind share. You know, Isaiah says something in Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Can I ask you this morning, where's your mind at? Even now, some of you's minds, you've just sung songs to the Lord. You're sitting here thinking about maybe listening to a sermon. But yet your mind is wandering. And if I took a poll, because God knows, I guarantee you the things that your minds are wondering about right now are so earthly and fleshly. Even in the house of God. 
We've been raised better. We've been raised with Christ. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power that we can live in. We've been raised better. D.L. Moody used to complain too many Christians were so heavily minded that there were no earthly good. But I'm, I, and, I, and that might have been a time for that. But I believe if he was here now, he would say there's too many Christians that are so worldly good that they're no heavenly good. So, he, so worldly minded, they're no heavenly good. What are you preoccupied with? You're preoccupied with finances, bills, health, wealth. Preoccupied with your kids, your problems. All worldly thinking. The Bible says set your, set your heart and mind on the things above. I mentioned that about that church down in Georgia for a reason. The church needs to be centered on heavenly things. Because I wrote this down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this one time and it's probably good enough to say twice. A worldly gospel will get you a worldly savior and you'll spend eternity in a worldly hell. The church needs to keep their minds and their hearts on the things above. When you get too much of the world into it, you'll get a worldly gospel that'll produce a worldly savior, that'll produce a worldly hell for those that follow it. The Bible says that when you've been raised with Christ, that your hearts and your minds will be set on the things above. Thirdly, your identity is no longer in self. I want you to look with me here. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. You got to die. You actually got to die daily. You know, I'm living proof. I call myself a poster child for God's grace. If he needed a poster child for, for, for his grace, it'd be me. Because of who I was before I came to know him. And who I am now. Not to say I'm perfect. But I will say this. I'm changed. And I'm going to say this with all the compassion in my heart. If you're professed to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you've never changed. You don't know him. Because the Bible says every person that Jesus Christ ever touched was changed. Your identity is no longer in yourself. The fullest explanation of this wonderful truth is founded in Romans 6 through 8. Christ not only died for us the substitutionary death, that's the substitution, but we died with him, that's the identification piece. And not only died for the sin bearing its penalty, but he also died unto sin, breaking its power. Because we are in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit, we died with Christ. And this means we can have victory over the old self. Y'all ever heard people say, that's just the way I am. I can't change. It's not that you can't change. It's that you won't change. Because the Bible says you can be changed if you're willing to be changed. What Paul is simply saying here is you're no longer the person you were. 
Martin Luther said one time, or the story goes, that people would come to the door and they knock, says Martin Luther. He says, no, Martin Luther's dead. Jesus lives here now. Could that be said of your life? You no longer live. Look, I know it's hard because we live today in the most self-centered society that's ever walked the face of the earth. You don't believe me? I'll give you one word, selfie. Selfie. When a word can be made up as a selfie in the, the pictures, that just tells me all I need to know. Why, why, I mean, why you got to take all the selfies? I mean, if I've seen you once, I, I know what you look like. Unbelievable. Could that be the problem? Too caught up in self to know the Savior. Too caught up in self to listen to the Savior. Too caught up in self to follow the Savior. Too caught up in self to believe in the Savior. Self will get you one thing. Self. You got to die in order to live. Question. Have you died? I'll tell you what I've come to know. Where there's room for self, there's no room for Christ. I want to talk a little bit about the hidden with Christ. And then I'm going to finish up with point four. Hidden with Christ. It says. For you died and your life is now hidden. With Christ. It means concealed and safe. If you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. You are sealed. And safe. Nothing can pluck you from the hand of God. You are sealed. That ought to encourage us today. Nothing, no scheme of man, nothing can take you away from the Lord. When Christ rules and reigns, your identity is no longer yourself. The fourth thing, and we're done. Not only are you raised. For above things and that you should be setting your heart. I should be setting my heart and my mind on the things above. And that you are no longer identified as self. But you, your life is Christ now. Can I just ask you, if I polled you, if I asked, if I, if I brought each one of you individually say, what is life to you? Would anybody say Christ? That's what Paul is saying. Your life is Christ. Look what he says. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. Can I just say Christ is coming back? He's coming again. Doesn't matter who says he's not. Doesn't matter who says he never came to begin with. He's coming again. The first time he come in grace, the second time he's coming in glory. He's coming again. The Lord promised it. The angels proclaimed it. The word of God declares it. And those that are being saved expect it. Because Christ is our life. You know we have several things that we must have to physically live. But there's only one thing that we need. To spiritually live. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He says, Christ who is your life. Someone said it this way, life is what you are alive to. Can I ask you, what are you alive to this morning? Since we've been raised with Christ, we've been raised right. Are we living like the raising we got? I heard a preacher preach a sermon one time. And he said this. Don't place too much value on things that can't help you at dying time. Don't place too much value on things that can't help you at dying time. The Bible says two things I know for sure. Apart from Jesus Christ coming back, we're all going to face death. And he's coming back. My prayer is. That we are not placing value. On things that won't help us. At dying time. Most of us that are my age or older. Have lived life. Accumulated some things. There's those that are a little younger than I am that are beginning that journey of living life and accumulating things. Let me tell you some things that won't matter at dying time. The size of your house won't matter at dying time. The car you drive won't matter at dying time. The clothes you wear won't matter at dying time. The friends that are your friends. How many likes you get on Facebook. How many people retweet your tweets. Won't matter. At dying time. There will only be one thing that matters at dying time. And that will be. If you put the value. Of your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says. When we do anything other than that. We put other little gods. Little G's. Alongside big G God. Look in your Bible. Study it. God does not play nice in the sandbox with other gods. Is your heart and mind stayed on thee? Things that are above, not earthly. Because we were raised right. We were raised with Christ. I'm going to ask you just to stand. I'm going to ask them to come up and play. (laughs) If there's a response to God's word, I'm going to be up here. In a crowd like this, there's no way that there are those That aren't here. That have put value. In things. That won't matter. At dying time. You respond to God's word. And ever how you feel like you need to respond. 
But if you don't hear anything else this Baptist preacher says, God's word is spoken for one reason. God's word is studied for one reason. God's word is proclaimed for one reason. And that is to do something with it. You do what you need to do with God's word right now. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the challenge that you gave me this week to confront me and convict me of those things that sometimes I put in front of you and beside you and even behind you when all you want is to be by yourself in my heart. Lord, speak now to your people. May they respond in the way that they need to respond, whether it's there in their seat or whether they just want to come up here to the altar and pray. God, whatever you want to do, we ask that you do it. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You come now.